The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show, special post-game edition of the FPC Bulldogs last night. What an incredibly fun game it was as they get their first win of the season by two scores, 28-14 to 14, over the Bishop Moore Hornets, and a lot of surprises in that game. Maybe some stuff we weren't expecting. Mike, that was entertaining, man. That was a good game, a great game from FPC. You saw how they really used the bye week to get better. They had two weeks off to prepare for this game. In the first game of the season, it looked like the team was in shambles. The defense played all right, but they had their back against the wall most of the game. They made some special teams mistakes. They made some offensive mistakes. They struggled to run the ball at times. They had three different quarterbacks in the game. And all that seemed to go away. They had two weeks to reset, really get the team focused. They picked the quarterback in Caden Gonzalez, let him take all the reps, made it his team. He answered the bell, and so did everybody else on the Bulldog team. Oh, yeah, everybody else on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, no special teams mishaps. You know, everything seemed to go perfectly. And also a few surprises. I think um, before we talk about the elephant in the room, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> because everybody's going to be talking about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about that defense, man, because it seemed like they were the stabilizing force throughout the game. Even when it got to 14-7, you felt like, okay, uh, Jurgensen, he got hot for a little bit, but they're not going to be able to sustain that in the second half. They scored a late touchdown in the first half. It was 14 nothing FPC, and uh, sure enough, they really weren't able to sustain that. You came out at halftime. Now the the um, the Hornets, they got the ball first at halftime in the second half, and they convert on a fourth and one at midfield, go backwards from there, and that was really all she wrote for the rest of the game. Jurgensen did get hot again late, but, uh, man, that FPC defense, look up and down the lineup there. Everybody was making plays. You know, we all start with Colby Cronk and Ethan LaPeppa, and they had a great game. Colby Cronk had two sacks on defense. Ethan LaPeppa was all over the place all night. But then we saw Zayden Green step up, and he was a menace tonight. Aiden Peterson had an interception. Chase McGee with a touchdown-saving tackle that I think changed to – we didn't know it at the time, but over the course of the game, that really changed the landscape of the game. It was a team effort. Corinthians Watson was playing lockdown corner. Stacey Mitchell was making stops in the interior. Travell Adams was plugging up holes. The linebacker play was just spectacular tonight. Jaquan Grimes got to play a little linebacker tonight. It was just a team effort. It was, And when I asked Coach Fish, and you'll hear in a minute, it wasn't about the stars of the defense. It was about all 11 positions pulling their weight and putting it all together. Yeah, and they were, you know, multiple sacks. You mentioned from Colby Cronk. Peterson seemed like he was blanket coverage all night long he did a fantastic job and you just love what you saw from that defense and every time they needed a stop they got a stop and that's the signs of something special and you know the team I felt it was a complete metamorphosis from that first week where you lost big I think what was it 33 to 14 Mm -hmm. they lost week one to Swanee and to come out and and hold and, and we know the Hornets they've had trouble scoring this year so that is something to factor into this whole thing but Every time, every single time, you had a feeling that, oh, well, maybe the Hornets, they're going to get back in this game. That FPC defense, they stood up and they stood up tall and big hits all night long, sacks, 
deflected passes. It was hard for the Hornets to really generate anything, especially with the running game. Now, speaking of running games, I mean, you want to talk about smash mouth football, power football. That was the name of the game for the FPC Bulldogs. And it was really, I don't know what you want to call it, a thunder and lightning, a dual back, you know, attack that really was unstoppable last night. Marcus Mitchell had 26 carries for 137 yards. And then Ajade had 10 carries for 82 yards. He continues to rack up big numbers and chunks. He did it in the Atlantic Coast game late. He did it in the Swanee game late. He was really around the entire second half this game. And it's tough for a defense when Marcus Mitchell's been beaten up on you. The last thing you want to do is be hit by Marcus Mitchell 25, 26 times. And then you've got to go chase the speedster Ajade. It was a full 214, excuse me, yes, 214 yards rushing tonight for FPC. They got it done on the ground. I thought Jake Medlock had a great game plan tonight, called a great game, really got Caden Gonzalez comfortable early, and then let his team go to work. They won with physicality today. They won the battle in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they, they definitely did. And that's where you win games like that. And speaking of power running, that wasn't it, not just those two guys, but this is the surprise I was talking about. We didn't see any of this week one, the so-called elephant offense, where you bring in all these big guys, including Colby Cronk, who I said during the broadcast, look at him doing his best impression of Cole Hash, where you're making a difference on both offense and defense. And with this elephant offense, uh, it seems like FPC, if, if – they continue with that throughout the season, they can become a team that's near impossible to stop on short yardage situations. So the elephant offense, it's a single wing formation, and you take out the quarterback, you take out the wide receivers, and what you put in is Ethan LaPeppa, Colby Cronk, Travell Adams, and Marcus Mitchell as your backfield. And then between those guys, you literally have a ton, over one ton of line pushing that pile. It's hard to stop, and... Tonight, Bishop Moore had no answer for it. Colby Cronk had three touchdowns. He only carried the ball six times, 25 yards, three touchdowns. Picked up a first down every time he ran the ball or a touchdown tonight. I don't remember Colby Cronk ever uh, getting a TD in his career. Maybe he has, but uh, you know this is a completely new offensive game plan uh, put in this week. This is something we've never seen before. And Coach Fisher kind of hinted to me when I talked to him after the Swanee game that it was possible that they were going to try to do a little more running, try and um, simplify the offense a little bit. And I think you, I didn't think the offense, the offensive game plan, they ran it a lot, but it didn't seem like a simple offense tonight. It didn't seem like the game plan was to take a lot of stuff out. It seems like they ran the offense they ran in Swanee, but because they had two weeks of practice and Gaten Gonzalez got timing with his receivers, they just ran it better. Yeah, yeah, they and they ran it a lot better. And that's one thing I noticed after the first game. You look at that offense, and, and from Neil to Cody Newton and Zizek, you felt like, man, there are a lot of good skill position players on that on this team. You mentioned a couple running backs there. Uh, there was a little confusion that first week as to who was going to play quarterback, but you did see Gonzalez come in late in that game and really light a fire in that offense, and they scored a couple of touchdowns, and you thought, well, maybe they got something here, and it looks like they do have something here because this was by no means a one-dimensional offense 
for the FPC Bulldogs because they were able to make big plays in the passing game, mainly that what's developing into a special connection between Gonzalez and Zizek. You saw it all night long. You saw them make big plays there, and when you're making big plays on the outside, it's going to make it even more difficult to stop guys like uh, Mitchell and Ajay. Zizek, seven catches, 107 yards tonight. Caden Gonzalez, eight for 16, but in the second half, he was four for six for 77 yards. So you know what I call that? What is that month after October where a quarterback doesn't have to throw for a bunch of yards, doesn't have to go out and throw 35 times like Jurgensen did tonight, just has to complete the passes that are there. What do, we, what, what do we call that month? Well, you know, I think that there will be a book one day. You, you know how there's a book of yogiisms? I think one day there will be a book of Mikeisms. And yes, coined by Mike Licio, Throwvember. And that's what we saw. We saw a Throwvember quarterbacks. For those who don't know, in the playoffs, you have to be able to throw the ball to win games. And throwing the ball, like I said, is not going 22 of 33 for 225 yards. Sometimes it's going four for six and a half for a hundred and. A hundred yards, because the the whole concept is when it's third and seven, can you complete an eight yard pass? Maybe you can complete more than an eight yard pass, but can you at least get the eight yards that you need for the first down? And that's what we saw with Caden Gonzalez today. When he was called upon to pass the ball, he only attempted sixty sixteen passes. He moved the chains, and that when you have a running game like this, and you're able to play physical football, this is what this you know this reminded me of in a way. It reminded me of those Matanzas teams we talked about from a decade ago that they didn't throw the whole ball a whole lot. They were going to play physical football and ram it down your throat. But guess what? They'd be able to pull that ball back and throw it over you when they needed to. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see as as the season goes on and, and Gonzalez gets more reps how much better he can get. And maybe he does get the ball to – uh, other wide receivers as well and, and spread it around a little bit. But, uh, you know, you're only two games into this season, and it's rare from one week to another. And in this case, it's not really one week to another because they had that odd situation where week two was the bye week for the FPC Bulldogs. But really after two games, to see, at least from my perspective, what looks to be two very different teams, it leaves you wondering well, who are the FPC Bulldogs this year? Are they the team that we saw week one, or are they that dominant force uh, winning games with defense and power running and, and competent quarterback play? You know, who are the FPC Bulldogs? It's hard to tell after two games because we saw two different teams. One of the things I've always said, I say a lot of things, obviously, but over the course of a season, I always judge a team. How did you look week one? How did you look week 11? And... We don't even have to wait that long. The, the transformation from week one to week three, those are both playoff teams from last year. Swanee won 10 games last year. Bishop Moore won eight. Bishop Moore won eight in Class 3M, a very, very tough Metro class in Orlando. And they haven't missed the playoffs in six years. And honestly, it's it was kind of bizarre to see. And this is why I think you have to give a lot of credit to the FPC defense because – that team was able to move the ball. They threw for 214 yards. They couldn't run the ball at all. And it seemed like they had talented running backs. They had talented receivers. But FPC's defense was able to answer the call every time, just about every time tonight. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to the defense. I know that Bishop Moore has struggled 
offensively this year, but they played a very good Edgewater team. They played an O'Galley team that beat them 12-10 last week that was ranked 10th in Class 4M. They've played some tough teams, and so I think this is a battle-tested Bishop Moore team that's just close enough, and I think FPC, despite the 0-3 record, I think they beat a very good team tonight. And with the new regime of Coach Fish, you got to feel excited about seeing that, about seeing the concepts that you're teaching offense, defense, the whole team come together and give this type of performance coming off of what happened in Swanee. And I think that's a credit to the entire coaching staff. And Coach Fish was very quick to give credit to his coaching staff, but also to his players after the game. Coach, took a lot of work to get here, but you got your first win at FPC. How does it feel to have your team win the way they did tonight with execution on all three phases of the game? It was amazing, man. As I told these guys who interviewed me before, it's not about me. It's about these kids. And they've been through so much this offseason with, with, with guys leaving their squad and, and a coaching change. And, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, doubt around our program and what we're going to be able to accomplish. And I think these guys really took that personal, as did I and my coaching staff. And we're all about putting the work in at practice. And, and we understand if we do that and we take it one day at a time, that's going to directly translate to, to the field. And, I thought we had two really good weeks of practice. We, we came home after, um, you know, putting on a really poor performance that wasn't like us, was out of character for us. And we looked ourselves in the mirror, took accountability for our mistakes um, in the coaching with, with the players. And um, we had two phenomenal, very physical weeks of practice. And I think we were able to display a lot of what we were able to accomplish at practice and showed how much we improved just in two short weeks. So. All, all the praise in the world to the kids. As you said, it was awesome on all three stages. And I think our focus, our effort, and our attitude were immensely improved from our, our first two games. A lot of physicality in that game. Your offensive line getting it done on one side of the ball. Your defensive line getting it done on both sides of the ball. Seemed like when you needed that extra yard, those big boys came in. How excited were they to get some reps on offense? They were super excited, man. When we put the package in um, this, this these past couple weeks at practice, those guys were awesome and and you know they would be sprinting out there excited ready to go and I, I think they take it personally as well they understand that it, they don't get many opportunities on that side of the ball so they get over here and, and, and they're guys that just won't quit guys that don't want to let us down so whether it's a first down situation they have to get it or, or a goal line situation where they're going to score they're going to punch it in or they're going to die trying so your running backs tonight did a great job finishing the game Colby Cronk obviously had three touchdowns but your running backs really made a difference on the offense tonight oh absolutely you know Marcus Mitchell I think is starting to get his win back and so physical man he's such a physical runner and he's you know similar to Colby in the fact that he'll never quit he'll never stop he don't want to let anyone down so 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 talented and you know I think he's going to improve week to week Um, but you know we brought in that freshman Ahim Najede and he, we didn't miss a beat from, you know, him and Marcus are a great one-two punch. I think they offer two different things, but they're both very physical runners. And uh, he, neither of them are scared at the moment. They want the ball in their hands. They want the game, when the game's on the line, they want it to be in their hands. And we trust um, that to be the, a perfect situation for us. So they did amazing, man. They're, they're a great one-two punch. And we even got a couple other, we, you know, Jaquan Grimes, we had to move over to defense, started linebacker, and did an awesome job for us, at, you know, as a sophomore who had never played the position. So I worked with him over the last two weeks. He's playing my position that I've always played. So he, he I think he did a phenomenal job too. So we just got a ton of depth at that position. And those top two guys right there, they're relentless, man. They're not, they're not going to quit. And you think they're tackled, and then they're rolling around getting four or five more yards. 
talking about your defense, the guys up front tonight played great, but so did the guys behind them. You've got a young secondary, but they really stepped up and answered the call. Aiden Peterson had a great interception. Chase McGee had a touchdown saving tackle. It was really all 11 positions on the defense tonight. Absolutely. You know, obviously it starts with those guys up front who, who have that um, the most experience and and, you know, obviously we have some prospects on that D-line. They did an awesome job being disruptive all night. But I thought, you know, our second level, our linebacker, our young linebackers and our young DBs did an awesome job just playing really physical, doing what their coach should do, run, corralling to the ball, and, you know, making the play when it was there. You know, we, we missed a couple, but that's to be expected even if you have, a, you know, a bunch of stars out there and that, that have had a lot of game experience. So I thought, you know, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot at all this week on either side of the ball, and that really went a long way. We took advantage of the mistakes they made, and we tried to limit our mistakes to where they couldn't be exploited. A lot of the young guys showed up, especially Zayden Green tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Zayden is, is a sophomore inside backer, and you know I thought he's had three good games so far, but I thought tonight was his best. Um, He's a kid that'll put his hat on anybody. It's it's awesome seeing him and Marcus go head to head at practice. But he he doesn't fear anything. Neither does Quan Grimes that there and, and Corinthians Watson. Um, that they, they all three of them made plays. They ran to the ball. They made great um, tackles and, and saved a lot of big plays from happening for them. So we're excited about what we got, man. You know, we, we obviously believe we can win now and be good now. But, you know, as I told them, we got 19, 20 guys coming back and all the depth behind it's coming back. So, But, you know, we're, we're trying to get these guys to focus on the moment, stay in the now, take it one day at a time, one week at a time, and, and just continue to grow and get better and build chemistry with one another. Kaden Gonzalez getting his first start at home. Big, lively crowd. Stepped up in the moment. It seemed like he got better as the game went on. Absolutely. I, th- I think as... You know, the defense started making some plays. The running back started making some plays. Caden got real comfortable. Caden, one thing I'll praise him on, he has respect and, and um, he's got respect from the team and, and they view him as a leader and he has the utmost faith in his guys. He trusts them to make plays and he does everything we ask him to do. He makes the reads. When he sees something there, he pulls the trigger. So super proud of him, man. And, and our, our guys have really gravitated towards him. So I, I think it's his job. and. We're excited to see what he does the rest of the way. For a kid, his first padded football season, he's overachieved everybody's expectations and just a great kid, man. So we're very excited for him. I thought, you know, he lived up to the moment, and I think he fed off the crowd and fed off the the big stage. So really happy for him. Final question, Potato Bowl next week. Is it easier to get the team focused or harder to get the team focused when it's a rivalry game like that? You know, usually you'd probably say it, it, it's harder. You, you want to keep them calm, keep them even keeled, and, and make sure they're focused on the right things. But I think there is a lot of motivation for this one, and, and for both sides, for Matanzas as well. Um, they're a much improved team. You know, I think Forces done a great job over there building that program up, and, and it, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a dogfight. So I, I'm just excited to be a part of the rivalry. I'm excited to, you know, continue to silence all all the doubters, and I think our kids really have taken it personal, you know, all the praise and, and love that they've gotten, which is, is well-earned on their end, but, you know, no one's talking about FPC, and, and that's really rubbing our guys the wrong way. So they're excited for the opportunity, and, and I think this week we'll have a lot of energy, a lot of focus at, at, at practice, and we're going to do the necessary things that we have to do in order to put ourselves in position to win the game. Wow, great job there, Mike. You really hit on every point, everything that we saw in that game and got the coach to – respond the one thing i'll say is i don't necessarily think the potato bowl will be a dog fight but maybe a dog and pirate fight you know 
It's going to be lit, <laughs> as the young people say. Whoa, wait, what is that? I never heard that one before. Of course you haven't. You're not young and <laughs> hip like I am. How dare you? <laughs> as I said on the air last night, if you're not there, you need to be with us. If you're not at the Potato Bowl next Friday, you better be tuned in on the Flagler Broadcasting YouTube channel. Listen on the Flagler Radio app. Turn the radio on. Do all three at the same time. You do not want to miss that game next week. Matanzas was scheduled to play Deltona tonight, last night. There was, it all runs together. <laughs> you know, Friday and Saturday is really just one long day for me. But yeah. Matanzas was scheduled to play Deltona. Deltona, despite having a field that pitches like a, it's almost like an arc. That's how how much the sidelines pitch. They said the field was too wet to play on, and it sounds to me like that was the first thing I heard. The field was too wet to play on. Then I heard another person told me that Deltona said that the turf is new and they didn't want to mess it up. It sounds like a team that was ducking Matanzas to yeah. me. So I think the Pirates are going to come out. You don't want to mess up the field in football? Right. <laughs> It's September 9th. What are we doing here? You've got to use that field for another nine months. If you're afraid of messing it up two games into the season, you need to go hire an agronomist. Football. I almost had that word, right? <laughs> Football fields are meant to be destroyed and messed up. You know, that's the fun. I think Matt Forrest is going to have his team very ready for Friday night's game. And I think if they were watching or listening tonight, they know that they've got their work cut out for them. It's going to be a great game. Um, I never make a pick before the game, and I'm not going to do so here. You'll just have to tune in and see. It would be unfair if we picked in this game, you know. I think so, too. I really do. I think Matanzas is an up-and-coming team. I think FPC has showed that, you know, they lost some big names, but they have guys that are ready to step up. And FPC, they reminded you Friday night that, hey, we were a playoff team last year. We were a district champion. Don't forget. Don't get it twisted because we had a bad week one game at Swanee. We came back and reminded everybody this is, you know, it's almost like a Yankees Mets, you know, those type yeah. of situations. This is an FPC town, you know. Uh, that's what they want to prove anyway. And, you know, I think we're going to see from Matanzas what we saw from FPC at the quarterback position because Daquan Evans hadn't played – in a game that counted in a year, and you could see the timing was off. There was a couple passes he missed late in the game where I looked at it and said, okay, well, in week six or seven, those are touchdowns. And so I think you're going to see, just like you saw Kaden Gonzalez with that extra time to get ready, play a good game, I think we're going to see a hell of a performance out of Daquan Evans next week. And I think I think it's going to be a high-flying game, to tell you the truth. That's a great point also because even Marcus Mitchell, you saw him come back and have a bigger game, second game of the season, a little more time. Um, and yeah, you could, and it's kind of developing the same way, right? FPC, they had week one, then they get the bye week. And now this, you know, cancellation works as an early buy for Matanzas and they get a week off, uh, going into that game. And yeah, maybe that gives Evans one more week to prepare himself and show us the guy that we saw last year. And that's another guy that would like to get out there and remind everybody what he showed last year, which is a guy with a lot of talent could make plays with his legs and his arm and uh, is someone to really be reckoned with. I was asked for a breakdown of the potato bowl after the spring, and I won't get into it all here, but I will say that I feel pretty much the same way I did back in the spring. I think Marcus Mitchell is going to have to control the line of scrimmage 
for Matanzas. I think Matanzas, for FPC, I think Matanzas is going to get that high-flying offense going and try and make FPC keep up. I think it's going to be a physical game on both sides. We've seen that both teams play tough physical defense. How could you not be excited for it? And tough physical defense, when you think of tough physical defense and you think of FPC, you get cronked up. And I got cronked up with Colby Cronk after the game. Colby, about as complete a team win as you can get. What was it like to respond after playing the Bulldogs in week one to bounce back with a game like tonight as a team? It was great. They showed who we are as FPC. Um, we had a couple mistakes last week, but we fixed them this week. Of course, we always have mistakes every game, but uh, we rebounded, and it was great. When they told you you were going to play offense, what was yeah. your reaction? Uh, I was pretty excited. I was like, oh, yeah, Get, getting the ball in my hands is a little different, but I was totally excited. I was stoked. Yeah. Ever had three touchdowns in the game? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first. What's it say about you as a player that you had a big role in the offense tonight, but your defensive game didn't let up. Oh, it's it's great. I love that. Um, it shows that we have heart. We have um, everything we need to be great, and we are. You know, and we proved that tonight. Coach Medlock put you out on offense. Coach mm-hmm. Fish put you out on defense. Yeah, they have a hard time keeping you off the field, don't they? I don't know about that. It's certainly cool to um, to have them doing that. But yeah, you'll enjoy the win now. What's mm-hmm. the potato bowl mean to you? It means a lot. Um, it's a potato bowl. It's county championship, so it's going to be a big one. It's a rivalry game, too. Oh, yeah, you could sense that it's going to be huge for all the players, all the coaches. And what I love about that interview with Kobe Cronk, you know, he doesn't sound tired. He sounds like he's ready to play another four quarters right now. And Kobe Cronk Pro- probably played close to 70 or 80 snaps tonight, and it, it doesn't show. And it's I I keep getting I'm so excited for this potato bowl I wish they could have played it tonight or tomorrow. Is I this mean, that's a good question. Is this for you? And you've been doing Flagler County football for many years. Uh, everybody knows. Um, is this the you know at least one of? I guess it's too easy to say that. But would you say that this is the most anticipated potato bowl ever? The only one I can think of is 2016 because in 2015 when Matanzas won, they kind of came out of nowhere to win it. They won that game 14-8. But nobody expected Matanzas was coming off of a two and seven season. Nobody expected them to win that game. But in 2016, and that game, that game was a knockdown. That was a heavyweight championship fight that Matanzas won 14-7. I think we've, other than that 2016 game where you really felt like both teams were going to leave it all in the field, and they did. I don't think. I think other than that game, I can't think of another potato bowl. And I've called. This will be my fourteenth. I've called all but one of the potato bowls, and the first one was such a route that I don't even know that it should count at this point. But I, it's hard for me to fathom that there's been a bigger potato bowl than this, and other it, than that 2016 game. And really, well, how about this? Do you think that maybe at this point, this might be the most evenly matched game that that we've had in this game because it i you know after the first couple of weeks here i look at both teams i couldn't even tell you who i think is going to win this game because they seem that evenly matched to me you couldn't i was going to put you on the spot <laughs> I, well, I, I said I, well, i'm not going to pick the game you know, I, I was going to make rich hold out a, hold a <laughs> sign on palm coast parkway with his pick yeah honestly i i really look that would be a tough game to pick it's a pick em to me right now Absolutely, I think it's a pick 'em. I think it's going to be rowdy at the ship. It's gonna, it's gonna be packed to the brim on the ship. <laughs> Super packed, and so we got the potato bowl coming up in one week, Friday night. So many ways to listen 
and watch. You can listen right here on News Radio WNZF 94.9 FM. Coverage begins at 6.55. Check it out there. Live audio on the Flagler Radio app. And, of course, you can watch it on the Flagler Broadcasting YouTube page on the WNZF Sports Network, so check it out there. Uh, we got you covered every single way you can imagine. It's the 15th Potato Bowl. It's a big deal, so we will have two special guests at halftime. The great Swiss Army Knife, the do-it-all, the man who did it all, the guy who I think is the best player I've seen in the 14 years I've been in Flagler County, Marcel Williams, will be from FPC. We have an FP, We have a Matanzas great as well joining us at halftime. The great Mackenzie Wagner, who was 2-0 in the Potato Bowl, the only quarterback ever to beat FPC from Matanzas. So I'm looking looking forward to next week and that special halftime even to catch up with a couple of the greatest players ever to play in this game. Do you think it means more to one side or the other? Or no, because you could say, oh, mean, FPC has won so many of them already. No, it means everything to both. And I think you heard that from Colby Cronk. It wasn't like Colby Cronk said, okay, well, we've won six of these in a row. We've got this. He knows that you have to buckle up your chin strap and be ready because this is going to be a game that comes down to the very last play. That's true. And, and, and all the players competing in this potato bowl this year, you know, they weren't there 12 years ago. They weren't there 10 years ago for them. This they're is not their, old like me. Yeah, they're not uh, ancient like Mike Leggio. They're, you know, the, the, these are kids, and this is the first time they're experiencing this, and this is their moment, right? This is their time. And I can't wait to be a part of that moment, be able to tell Flagler County the story of one of the great matchups and a great rivalry. That's Mike Licio, WNZF sports anchor. Hear him twice a week with his sports reports on Flagler's morning news, Friday and Mondays from 6 to 9. And, of course, on the broadcast of the Potato Bowl. One week from today, right here on WNZF. Don't miss it. That's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.